Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Earnings season in the US is always an exciting time for investors. Some of the biggest companies in the world report their results and often there are quite a few surprises. I wanted to get an update on where we're up to and what's still to come. Remember, this is general information only and you should get professional advice before making an investment decision. Josh Gilbert is a market analyst at Social Investment Network, eToro. Josh, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thanks for having me, Sean. Pleasure to be here. One thing about the last couple of years, Australians can now invest overseas and particularly into Wall Street much easier than ever before. And I remember a couple of months ago, there was a report that went through the companies that Australians invest in. And the two that really stood out, which I'd like to start with, were Apple and Tesla. How are those two going? Let's start with Apple. Yeah, well, Apple, look, I mean, given everything that sort of happened in, in the last two and a half years, you know, you've got to take your, your hat off to, to Apple and, and Tim Cook. You know, especially the, the earnings that have just sort of come out. I was heading into this report pretty pessimistic given the sort of the lockdowns that we've had in, in China. But Apple have showed me that you, you shouldn't do that. You know, it was a it was a healthy earnings report in a in a challenging environment, especially as I say, when, when China was in lockdown for pretty much most of Q two. iPhone revenue came in sort of better than expected. You know, and this was coming after they had said that they would expect some softness in this quarter. But Again, they, they continue to deliver. They see revenues accelerating next quarter. I think that says to me that we're likely to see some new releases, you know, in the short term, probably a new iPhone and you know, products in, in the next couple of months. Uh, the only real effect that, that China actually had on Apple was, was on its Mac. It meant that it couldn't produce new units and that actually that's where we sort of saw a bit of revenue growth. But ultimately, Apple just continues to show us why it's one of the most popular stocks amongst retail investors because it continues to deliver you know, amid sort of all the adversity it's faced. And, and I guess you could say the, the exact same for Tesla, really. You know, both had the the issues with China. I think it affected Tesla more in terms of deliveries. You know, it was their first drop in deliveries for, for a number of years. Uh, and that was all due to, to ultimately the, the lockdowns in China. And, and something that was ultimately out of, you know, Elon Musk's hands, he, he couldn't really do a lot about those shutdowns in China. But ultimately, he's come out fighting. He announced in the latest earnings report, you know, June was the highest month for production they've ever had. And I think Tesla and Musk, I think he just seems to thrive in the face of adversity. He does. The, yeah, <laughs> you, you sort of give him a challenge and he'll almost certainly sort of conquer it. So yeah. for, for me, I think they, they kept profits and they kept margins up. They were both above expectations. And, and that's only impressive, you know, mid a quarter when we had weaker deliveries. I think the second half of the year is going to be really interesting. You know, Musk's obviously facing the difficulties that he's got with Twitter at the moment as well yeah. with the court case. And he's also said that, you know, Tesla deliveries, they're going to be up by 50%. He's stuck to that. He's not changed from it. And that could see us a record second half of the year for Tesla. So it's definitely going to be an interesting second half. But ultimately, I think this, you know, Musk saying that we're going to stay at 50%, that sort of speaks to the sort of the accelerating transition that we're seeing towards electric vehicles and, and ultimately that, the long-term opportunity that it represents. Okay, so they're the two big ones for a lot of Australian investors. Going into the season, there was a lot of talk about digital advertising and whether that was coming off the boil and how that would affect companies from, you know, Snap through to Meta, et cetera. What's happened there? Has digital advertising come off the boil for those guys? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's affected them, you know, across the board a bit differently, but the smaller names, especially, you know, Snap and Twitter, you know, they've really felt that sort of full effect, you know, and I think we're in this environment where they're, they're all competing for marketing dollars, you know, especially when you've got, you know, TikTok that's probably, you know, flying at the moment. It's, it's where all the younger users are going. 
I think YouTube and Google, you know, are probably in behind that competing. And then obviously Facebook is probably in there as well. But ultimately, Twitter and Snapchat have, have felt sort of the full effect. And I, th- I was disappointed with Twitter, mainly because they sort of blamed a lot of what, you know, their results on was was Musk, you know, the, the whole yep. saga around that. But for me, that's no real excuse to deliver. If anything, I, I felt it should have brought the spotlight on the platform. We actually saw an increase from retail investors in Q2. It was the biggest increase amongst eToro investors, jump about 197% in Q2 in ownership. You know, so there was wow. a lot of retail interest behind it as well. So, you know, I felt that they, they could have delivered a bit more. Snap, you know, look, for me, they really haven't got uh, much direction at the moment. Listening to the earnings call that was, you know, they said that they're going to improve when the macro picture sort of picks up. But that just tells me that they haven't got, you know, an answer in the short term when other business are sort of seemingly managing the environment well. And, and when I say that, I sort of point towards, you know, Alphabet, their sort of revenue was really strong. But I guess the big biggest disappointment was was obviously Meta. You know, it just doesn't seem to be getting much better for, for investors. So Meta being the owner of Facebook, of course, Alphabet being the owner of Google. Yeah, absolutely. You know, year over year, revenue growth was, was negative. Uh, and that's the first time it's, it's ever seen that. In Meta? Uh, yeah, for Meta. Yeah. So it just shows the struggles that they're really facing. And, you know, and amid a time when its, its revenue stream is struggling, which is obviously advertising it's really obviously trying to push itself into the metaverse so it launched you know that big push obviously with the name change as well to meta that sort of segment of the business which is called reality labs you know lost around three billion dollars in the quarter um and then we had total operating expenses grew by about 35 percent you know look i mean the metaverse push is, is great right and it's innovative it speaks to the future but it's going to take years to pay off. It already tried to launch its own currency with sort of when crypto took off a couple of years ago. That didn't work. I just think they've got to focus, you know, on user retention in the short term. And it, it just doesn't seem like they're doing that. And until they sort of really get back to, to growing numbers again and, and seeing advertising budgets come back through, I think it's going to be a struggle and an uphill struggle at that. Stay with me, Josh. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Josh Gilbert, market analyst at Social Investment Network, eToro. Do you think, it's interesting we talk about um, the maturation, I suppose, of of Snapchat and Facebook and some of those platforms. You kind of still have Apple and Microsoft, we should have thrown in there. They're kind of behemoths and they're very solid, but there just seems to be so much competition amongst that next group what's happened like did is that fair to say that some of those names that we've lived with for so long are just sort of showing their age yeah i mean look that as you said they're, they're behemoths right and you know if we look towards microsoft you look towards alphabet and google you know these guys are sitting on over 120 billion dollars worth of cash at this moment in time right. so <laughs> you know if you're going to sort of be adding tech to your portfolio or if you already add you know if you already own tech you know, you're going to want to see sort of those names on, on that list, you know, especially in an environment where investors, you know, they're adding defensive assets to their portfolio right now. They're probably not going to be adding tech, but if you already own it and you, and you might want to, those are the names you're going to be looking at. But I just think Amazon, they reported obviously, you know, in the last sort of few days. And I think ultimately with that, you look at sort of the, just the sheer size of their business, everything from healthcare to sales to TV everything that they're sort of offering at the moment, it just shows the the sheer power that they have uh, over just anything in the US. And, 
you know, Apple have slowed down a little bit of their M&A activity, uh, but they expect that to sort of pick up in the second half of the year as well. So it, it's just a struggle for those smaller names in this environment when you've got names that work. We talk about Alphabet, Google. I don't know anyone that doesn't use Google. So yeah. as an advertiser, if you're going to be sort of prudent with your budget, you're going to yeah. go to a name that you know that works. Yeah. Um, I just quickly want to mention Netflix too, because it has had a horror run, though it's earnings this time around, there were some, some sort of signs of light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly that. It, it was pretty much damage limitations. And yeah, as you say, it was, it's been a tough run. It's, it's actually the worst performing stock in the S&P 500 this year. Uh, and as I say, it was bad, but it was damage limitations. It was better than feared. It was expected to lose 2 million subscribers. It only lost 970,000 subscribers. Phew, only 970,000. Thank exactly. God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't think in this environment, consumers are going to be looking at Netflix and going, right, I think that's what we need to add right now, you know, especially yeah. with the cost of living inflation going up. I just don't think it's on the list of necessities right now. But as you say, that there was a glimmer of hope. You know, they, they did sort of project that that they would add subscribers in Q3 and Q4. You know, it's it's obviously cracking down on password sharing. It's hoping to obviously bring through advertising models, which should hopefully start to to shine through. Look, I'm not 100% convinced it will it will be enough. But it's certainly possible to to sort of turn its fortunes around. I mean, Asia Pacific was actually Netflix's bright spot. It gained over a million subscribers in the quarter, and it was the the highest region by growth uh, by an absolute clear margin. And I think what that tells me is that actually one hit can be a big turning point, right? Squid Game was one of the biggest shows that that Netflix has ever had, and that's you know only attracted a, a huge number of users from this Asia Pacific region. They had Stranger Things uh, within the last quarter that actually was the reason they beat expectations as well. So content is going to be key, but that's only going to come at a cost. And, and when you're going up against the likes of, of Disney and Amazon, it's going to be a real battle. We're running out of time, but I can't let you go without discussing cryptos because I know you're a bit of an expert, Josh, in crypto investing. Pretty rough run the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's been a really difficult time. And, and, and unfortunately, in in that instance, you know, Bitcoin and, and crypto assets have, have been the victim of their own success. You know, they, they've yeah. had this huge institutionalization, a, a huge interest from institutions. And, and ultimately, what that's meant is that the asset classes has ultimately become very highly correlated with equities. So when we're seeing institutions sell tech stocks or sell the NASDAQ, Ultimately, they're, they're selling Bitcoin and other crypto assets as they would any other risk assets. And, and that's why we've ultimately seen it move in, in tandem. And, and that's also why we've seen a bit of relief over the last sort of few days as well. Again, we've had a bit of relief from equities. We've had a little bit of relief from crypto. My view is that we, we're probably not out of the woods sort of just yet. I think that right now sentiment is, is better. We're starting to see volumes sort of coming back in. We obviously need to sort of wait and see to how inflation sort of comes through, especially in the US. It's the most important number in markets right now. You know, Jerome Powell sort of alluded to the fact that, you know, inflation is potentially peaking. It has peaked potentially, but we're going to have to sort of wait to see that how that plays out. Risks are still there. Obviously, we had US GDP data as well, which was negative again. Markets have had plenty of surprises this year. I don't expect that we've we've seen them all. But, you know, fundamentally, we're still continuing to move forward with the space. Developments are still happening, whether that's use cases, regulations, uh, that's all still moving forward. And I think this is ultimately going to be one of the major reasons that we are in a better place with crypto when the next upturn you know, does come through. Josh, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. 
Uh, thank you for having me, Sean. That was Josh Gilbert, Market Analyst at Social Investment Network eToro. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, this information is general in nature and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. Join us every morning for a full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.